0: Generally, a glass half full kind of person. I'd like to consider myself a pragmatic optimist. I'm not into pretending that everything is okay when it is so obviously not, but I do consciously look for the good that can come out of any situation and then focus on how I, how we can work for good in our community and in our world. But over the past few months, there have been many a night when I have woken up in the dark with a feeling of spiritual pressure and deep worry. Thinking about all of the things that need to be done, all of the challenges facing people I love, all of the ways of being church that had been stripped away from us, all of the people in pain about which I could do nothing but counsel remotely and pray. Division, discord, misunderstandings, violence, injustice, uncertainty. There were nights I am not ashamed to admit that I felt I had nothing left to give. My mind would race, overwhelmed with data and to-do lists and worries, and my spirit felt desiccated, dried out, and useless. My glass, it wasn't feeling half full anymore, or even half empty, it just felt plain old empty and maybe even a bit dusty. And sometimes, every once in a while, I wasn't always sure that there even was a glass anymore. If you have ever wondered, pastors are not immune from those moments. When those is there even a glass anymore times come for me, one thing that helps me is to say to myself a few scriptures that I have memorized over the years. There are verses that I consistently turn to to slow down my heart rate, to refocus my mind, and to find peace again for my dried-out, desiccated, parched spirit. Scriptures like Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. This passage reminds me that I do not have to rely on my own discernment, strength, and understanding, but that when I rest in God's love and allow God to work through me, I can do what truly needs to be done. In Galatians 5, through 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control spending time walking through each of those qualities and praying for more of each in my life it helps to ground me again in God's love. But there is one particular scripture in which I consistently find the most comfort, one passage that rejuvenates my desiccated spirit, that refreshes and renews my mind, that restores my equilibrium and reminds me of who I am and whose I am, and those are the familiar words of the 23rd Psalm. Many Many a night I have repeated these words to myself, savoring each image and resting in its promises. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. In stories like Noah and the Ark or Jonah and the whale, Psalm 23 is one of the best known scriptures in our entire Bible. If you've ever attended a funeral or a memorial service, likely you've heard these words before, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a short psalm, just six verses, but with some of the most powerful restorative theology we can find in our beautiful scripture. On this World Communion Sunday, the first ever held during a worldwide pandemic, on this day in a nation divided, in the midst of uncertainty and turmoil, in these words, together we can find a way forward. We can again find hope. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I've mentioned before that my favorite room in the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. is the tiny, no more than arms with Good Shepherd Chapel. When we lived in D.C., I loved spending time in that space because of the incredibly sweet sculpture of Jesus Jesus holding a tiny lamb. Jesus' hands have been burnished by the touch of hundreds, probably thousands of people's palms. This image of Jesus as our caring shepherd is a powerful one because a shepherd's job is to watch over, to protect, to care for all of the sheep in the shepherd's care. When we know that Jesus is our shepherd, we remember that God has promised to be with us in all circumstances, to guide us, to direct our paths, to care for us always, always. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. The Hebrew here is Rabatz. It means to be fully stretched out. It is the kind of relaxation that can only come to your body and to your mind when you know deep in your marrow that you are safe. Nothing to worry about, nothing to accomplish, nothing to do. Just blessed rest. He leads me beside still waters. The phrase means a restful place where there is clean water. It's a place of refreshment, a safe place where our dry, deeply parched spirits can drink deep of life-giving waters. And by giving us that space of rest, a place where we can stretch out and drink deep and know that we are safe and loved, there God restores my soul our souls, nefesh in Hebrew, the core of who we are, our living source, our very selves. Through God's love, provision, guidance, and rest, God restores us. The Hebrew word means to turn back, to return. Where we've gone astray, lost focus, moved in unhealthy directions, God turns us back to the way of healing, forgiveness, love, and hope. And then, Restored and healed and heading in the right direction, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Paths of righteousness, tzedek in Hebrew. The word means integrity, equality, fairness, charity, morality. It is compassionately advocating for and caring for others in a way that would make God smile rested and healed, our restored souls now have a clearer picture of the way the world is meant to be, the beautiful potential, the way God designed it to be before the brokenness we can all too easily see. And God promises to lead us on that healing path. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In many translations, this phrase is often softened as though I walk through the darkest valley. But the Hebrew is actually very clear. It comes from two words, sel, a deep, dark shadow, and mavath, death. It is a hard place, a frightening place, a place that leads us into the very unsettling unknown. Through that unknown, that uncertainty, that place of mystery, God is with us. In Jesus, who is called Emmanuel, God with us, we remember that there is no place we can go, no circumstance we can encounter, no difficulty we can endure where God is not with us. And through it all, no matter what, God has promised to be with us everywhere, always. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It may be a little hard for us to imagine this, a banquet table set in front of our enemies. But that word translated here as enemies is tsarar, and it means to be bound, to be tied up, to be restricted, to suffer, to hurt. Maybe we don't have enemies per se, but we do know what it feels like to be hurt. In the very face of all that distresses us, a table of grace is set abundant and nourishing. It is a gift of hospitality and care that pulls us away from the pain to rest in the presence of a loving God. And that table is set not by human hands, but by God. Think about that for a moment. Really think about it. It is God who prepares a table for you right in front of all of the difficulties that you face. God, the creator of the universe of all that is, all that was, and ever will be, it is God who has laid the plates, prepared the food, and poured the drink for you. God who has done all of this out of love for you. And then. Not satisfied with the already utterly extravagant abundance of that gift, you anoint my head with oil. Anointing with oil was the way that prophets and kings were consecrated, set apart for glory and service. We call Jesus the Christ, which means the anointed one. And God anoints our heads. We, unworthy, imperfect, flawed as we are, we are anointed, claimed as God's children. We are consecrated, called to a deeper service. Our God, our Father, our Holy Parent calls us to his side purely out of love. My cup runs over. The word used here is ravaya. It means to be completely saturated. It means to be so full that you cannot possibly take in anymore. Being so saturated with God's love that we can no longer hold it in. It flows over the side of our already full to the brim cups, out into our lives, into the world around us, into the people we touch, into the systems we work, in, into every aspect of our lives, into our actions, into our words. The healing that we have been so freely offered can flow out into a world that is urgently, desperately in need of it, all because of God's love, our shepherd, our guide, our Father, our Savior, knowing all of this, holding it firmly within our spirits, resting in its promises, we can with incredible joy and trust proclaim this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And to that, all I can say is thank you, God, and amen.